This is Affliction Fiction, a podcast regarding writers and artists who quite literally make their characters sick. I'm Jennifer Horlick. And I'm James Ewer. On this show, we analyze illnesses that exist in fictional works, such as TV, books, and film, and how they relate to the real world. And we're now on FM radio. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Shout out to all our new Wednesday listeners. And to those of you who have been sticking with us since we were broadcasting online on Saturdays. See you at Christmas, Mom. I'll see you at Thanksgiving, Mom, Dad. This week, we'll be discussing Birdface from NBC's newly acquired police procedural sitcom, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine-Nine! You know, they say that the Nine-Nine in Brooklyn Nine-Nine refers to the fictional precinct that the show is based off of, but it's actually there because that's what the Germans said when they heard the show was canceled. So if you haven't heard of the show, even after its brief cancellation and then renewal back in May... Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a show that follows the happenings of the fictional 99th precinct of the New York City Police Department. We were initially hoping to cover a fictional illness in the show made up by a character named Gina Linetti called Ansel Elgort Syndrome, but there weren't any details or symptoms given about it after it was mentioned. Though I would like to say that I hope a symptom of this disease is standing next to Ansel Elgort on the subway without knowing until you got off the subway, which is what happened to me last year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Good times. Good times. So instead, we'll be covering Birdface, a disease which affects the cousin of a character named Detective Charles Boyle. In one episode, Charles expresses an interest in attending a forensic sciences course that the precinct is holding for its officers. However, Captain Raymond Holt and fellow Detective Amy Santiago attempt to dissuade him from attending due to his known tendency to veer classes off track by interrupting with his personal anecdotes. Whenever we have a speaker come in, you kind of tend to always derail these things with personal stories. That's how I learn. I relate course material to my experiences. Subjective learning. Millennials. I know it's important, so I promise I won't tell any stories. Though, sometimes they do come in handy. One time, all the boils were in this fungus cavern, and this massive mushroom comes. I am so sorry. I slipped right into it. I'll be good. Captain Holt and Amy are able to prevent Charles from speaking during the course by volunteering him to have a plaster cast made of his head. Unfortunately, they inadvertently get Charles's head stuck in the cast and, in their remorse, allow him to interrupt the course with his commentary, part of which involves his cousin's avian affliction. RFLP testing was designed to localize genetic disorders. And if my cousin Donna has a genetic disorder where her lips are made of cartilage, meaning her mouth is technically a beak. I don't see how that pertains to anything. No, let him talk. I want to hear it. Boyle, tell us about your cousin's beak. Well, she runs marathons to raise money for other people afflicted with bird face. There are only two of them. They're her kids. So Charles states that the primary symptom of birdface is having lips made out of cartilage. So what exactly is cartilage? Is it a small village that worships Cardi B? The medical expert answer is yes. Ah. Actually, according to the International Cartilage Regeneration and Joint Preservation Society, cartilage is the primary connective tissue found in the body. There are three different kinds of cartilage, each of which differs in its function and location in the body. One type is called hyaline cartilage. Wait, hyaline cartilage? Isn't that the cartilage that runs through the west side of Manhattan from Gansevoort Street to West 34th Street on a now-defunct railroad track? No, not highline cartilage. Hyaline cartilage. Oh. Welcome back, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) This type of cartilage is found in joints, the trachea, also known as the air tube, 
and the nasal septum, which is the part of the nose that everyone gets pierced because we go to NYU. Hyaline cartilage serves to coat the surfaces of bones at the joints so that the bones can move past each other smoothly and easily during movement. The second type is called elastic cartilage, named so because it contains elastic fibers that make it more flexible than all other cartilage. It's found mainly in parts of the ear, but also in the epiglottis, which is the part of your throat that covers your windpipe when you swallow so as to prevent food from entering your lungs. Elastic cartilage gives these parts structure, shape, and support. The final type of cartilage is fibrous cartilage. This type makes up menisci, which are special cartilage pads in the joints that serve to minimize friction and properly distribute your body weight. All this is to say that of all the cartilage in the human body, absolutely none of it is found in the lips. But if you want to get an idea of what Charles claims his cousin is going through, you can feel your outer ear and imagine if your lips were just as sturdy. And you know, there are some people whose lips I genuinely wish were an ear because they just won't stop talking and listen. Ouch. Stern students. Charles says that since his cousin's lips are made of cartilage, her mouth is technically classified as a beak. Cartilage is a fairly rigid kind of tissue, and according to Encyclopedia Britannica, it's true that our lips are typically made not of cartilage, but of skin, a muscle layer, and a different, softer connective tissue. Nevertheless, cartilage is still not a hard enough material to form something that could be considered a beak. According to the nonprofit ornithological radio program BirdNote, a bird's beak is actually a bony extension of the skull. These projections are tough and rigid, not because they're made of cartilage, but because they're covered in keratin, which, as we've mentioned on the show before, is a fibrous protein which makes up things like our hair and nails, as well as parts of other animals, such as claws, horns, shells, and scales. In fact, the only part of a beak that is actually made of cartilage is the septum that separates a bird's nares, or nostrils. But that makes sense, because the septum that separates our nostrils is made of cartilage too. In short, having lips made of cartilage would not actually classify your mouth as a beak, though it would classify it as a tragedy. As far as our research can tell, there haven't been any known instances of a person's lips being made of cartilage. However, there are certain disorders which cause those affected to be described by medical practitioners as bird-like in terms of their facies, which is a term that Dorland's Illustrated Medical Dictionary defines as the expression or appearance of the face. Essentially, facies is a medical term which refers to the altered facial appearance of someone afflicted with a certain condition. In the medical community, bird facies is a term that refers to the facial structure of a person with a condition called Pierre-Robin sequence. Also known as Pierre-Robin syndrome, this is a series of birth defects which, according to the National Institutes of Health, arise for unknown reasons. It is characterized by an infant having a comparably small mandible, or lower jaw, a tongue that is located abnormally far back, and an opening in the roof of the mouth called a cleft palate. Structurally, this causes a bird-like appearance in the face, but the main issues that Pierre Robin sequence causes are choking and difficulty breathing. Although its causes are not well understood, it is a genetic disorder, and its treatment often involves immediate surgery. And while Charles's cousin may have been able to go through her entire life with her cartilage lips, a person with Pierre Robin sequence would likely have difficulty making it to adulthood without being treated. The symptom of having a mandible that is abnormally small or located unusually far back can occur as a symptom of Pierre-Robin syndrome, but it can also happen on its own or as part of a different disease. The medical name for this is brachycnathia, but it is also informally known amongst medical professionals as birdface. 
So while Charles uses the term birdface in Brooklyn Nine-Nine to refer to lips that are made of cartilage, birdface is an actual, though infrequently used term, to refer to a lower jaw of unusual size or placement. Bird facies isn't entirely unique to Pierre Robin syndrome, however. Another comparison we can make is to Seckel syndrome. The NIH states that Seckel syndrome is predominantly defined by growth retardation, but beyond that, it has an incredibly wide variety of symptoms. Among these are a narrow face on an abnormally small head, a pointed beak-like nose, enlarged eyes, and a small lower jaw. All of these effects contribute to a facial appearance commonly described as bird-headed. Other common symptoms of Seckel syndrome include unusually short stature, impaired cognition, difficulty maintaining weight and muscle, delayed maturation of the skeleton, a curved pinky finger, and a gap between the first and second toes. Seckel syndrome is an autosomal recessive disorder, meaning that it's inherited from parents who both carry the gene for Seckel syndrome, but don't actually display any symptoms themselves. One final disease which also exhibits symptoms similar to bird facies is Hollerman-Streiff syndrome. Much like Seckel syndrome, this condition is partially characterized by the development of a hooked beak-like nose and an underdeveloped mandible. But Hollerman-Streiff syndrome is also known to cause hair loss, undersized, clouded eyeballs, a shorter yet wider skull, and degeneration of the skin. Because this affliction is not at all common, its causes are not well studied or understood, and its treatment varies considerably depending on which individual symptoms need to be corrected. These are the real-life conditions which we consider to be the most similar to birdface as explained by Charles Boyle. It is theoretically possible that there are unreported instances of symptoms even more similar to what Charles is describing, but you'd have to ask the right medical professional about that, because much like Brooklyn Nine-Nine co-creator Dan Gore, we are... Not a doctor. Shh. So why was Birdface even invented and included in the show? It certainly wasn't crucial to the plot, as all mentions of Birdface occupy less than 20 seconds of the episode's running time. It seems that Birdface is just being used as a brief joke for laughs and character development. Charles Boyle is an odd character on the show who engages in many peculiar hobbies, uses lots of uncomfortable turns of phrase, and comes from a family who is equally as strange as he is. That doesn't necessarily make him an unlikable character, but a great deal of the humor that comes from him works because viewers are relieved to not be as awkward as he is. Coming up with a fictional illness with the goal of causing amusement rather than concern can be a difficult task, but a common trend throughout fiction is that disorders are considered more laughable than tragic if they are said to affect very few people. Birdface as a joke works because not only is it a rare disorder, it's a disorder that's exclusive to the Boyle family. Rather than raising concern, Birdface presents itself as another odd quirk that makes Charles and his relatives so amusingly weird. It's a fake disease that's absurd enough to find humor in, but tame enough that we don't actually feel sorry for the people affected by it. Yeah. Too bad you got a beak for a mouth. <laughs> another point to note is that fictional diseases are often treated differently depending on whether they are actually shown on screen or simply described. Fictional diseases are often funnier when they're explained rather than explicitly shown. For one thing, a condition that is conveyed solely through words is easy to find humorous because we ourselves are imagining what it looks like and how it plays out. A disease that is described caters to each person's own mind, and we envision it in the way that we find most funny. 
If Brooklyn Nine-Nine had actually brought out Charles's cousin and shown her case of birdface, then the beak created by the show's makeup artist would have looked very different from the beaks that each viewer was imagining. Part of the humor of Birdface is trying to figure out how a mouth made of cartilage would actually work and what it would look like for yourself. So having an actual image of it presented to us in the show would likely kill some of the magic of the joke. Additionally, it's easy to laugh at a condition you're imagining, but when its symptoms become visible, you might be too caught off guard by how it's actually affecting a character to find it funny. But then again, anytime any member of the Boyle family is on screen, I'm always laughing. Bless this show. Nine-nine! That's all we have to say for now, but what do you think? Do you have a question or contribution to today's discussion? Do you know of a fictional illness that you'd like us to talk about? Do you have personal experience with a condition similar to a fictional one which you'd like to discuss? If so, send us an email at afflictionfiction at wnyu.org. For now, I'm Jennifer Horlick. And I'm James Ewer. Thanks for listening. And get well soon. I will. I won't. Season 5, Episode 8, Return to Skyfire, was written by Neil Campbell and is property of NBC Universal Television Distribution. Lover's Carvings by Bibio was written by Stephen Wilkinson and is property of Warp Records. <laughs> <laughs>